0: Yeah. So other than that, um, it's been really great training under him. Um, as much as I don't want to train under other people, it's, it's good to experience different styles and get out there. And that's one thing he definitely preaches to us is to, um, not get comfortable and stagnant. And like, just because you do train at RWA, it does not hold you back from other opportunities. Um, so that's just me being like in my comfort zone, but yeah, I'm just really grateful for the way he runs his program, the way he treats us, and the way he's building us to be performers.
1: So you said you're about like halfway through. So how long have you been doing it right now with um, Rhodes Academy?
0: Since about the beginning of January, so I'd say almost at eight weeks.
1: Eight weeks, okay. So it's about uh, like a few months long, and that's like about it. Yeah. So I know like every um, wrestling school is different. Um, The one MCW here in Maryland, um, I know they have kind of different stages. They have like a beginner's class and the intermediate stuff like that. Do they do something like that at the Rhodes Academy or is it just kind of like what you're doing?
0: Kind of just all into one. So um, we, we train with about 15 or 16 of us and we're all at different skill level and Dustin's our only coach. So it's really important to kind of just pay close attention, get with your classmates and ask them questions. Like he's very, uh, he very much preaches, uh, keep your ego out the door or drop your ego out the door, check your ego out the door, because we're all at the same level when you walk through those doors. And it's really, really important to have that mentality when you're working with some people who are very green and people who have been in the business a while. We have a couple students who have been in the business like five plus years um who have worked different promotions and who are really 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 solid in the ring and then like me I'm eight almost eight weeks in never touched a ring before that so it is kind of a toss-up there um and he is our only coach at the moment so it's very one-on-one uh if one person falls we all fall one person rises we all rise up and so I really like that dynamic I'm sure as they grow he might um have more coaches and be a little more have a little bit more of like a team there but he's very much the kind of person to want to be hands-on he doesn't want anybody interfering with his style and the way he chooses to teach so yeah I don't see that happening anytime soon Dustin can definitely handle all those students (laughs) one-on-one
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and that makes sense because it is not easy finding someone who is exactly like you and has the same mindset and style and stuff like that. So I understand why he could be why he's like that and why he wants it to be like that, um, especially since you mentioned like the, you know, the Rhodes Academy. It's new. So obviously they're not going to go like all crazy and start bringing in all these people. kind of, you know, get your feet wet, see how the business goes and stuff like that. Um. So that being said, since you're about like halfway through, what's your plans for, you know, life after the Rhodes Academy? Are you going to try at a different school or are you going to try to actually start getting some bookings and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. So I've actually kind of had this talk with Dustin because I'm just like, oh my God, we're halfway through. I'm freaking out. Um, So for me personally, I'm definitely going to continue to train. Uh, I don't feel ready to start like bookings and all that with different promotions out of school and whenever we finish around another like 14 another about four or five weeks will be done um so I'm definitely gonna still train uh I haven't really I've put thought into the next move but I'm really just focusing on day by day and just trying to work every day to be a better wrestler um but I definitely am probably gonna just still train haven't really thought about like promotions or anything like that eventually I would love to go to mission pro under like Thunders promotion uh, as just a good umbrella for a couple of years to really work with those women and understand uh, their styles and pick up tools that I need along the way that comes with experience. But yeah, I'm kind of just focused on day by day. I mean, when you're really in the grind of training for wrestling, you don't really, me personally, I don't look that far. I'm just really looking at what can I do better in practice today? How can I be a better like teammate or peer today in practice just things like that
1: yeah that, that's that's the you know in my opinion the best way to go like you don't want to think too too far ahead then it just becomes really stressful and it feels very overwhelming because you think about oh I need to get yeah. here and you start thinking of everything you need to do to get there and it just becomes very stressful um
0: you For know sure. you have the
1: right mindset just you know worry about what you're doing now and just keep improving day by day um I like that you mentioned mission pro wrestling you know I've sponsored them in the past I'm gonna be smiling um, so yeah like they're they're a great promotion and that's the great thing about Texas it seems like it's like a gold mine for wrestling you have so many schools you know you have a promotion that is all women's and um, I'm not too familiar with other promotions in Texas outside of Mission Pro but I do know that that's a great one to work for
0: um, yeah.
1: heard nothing but great things about them so hopefully you get an opportunity with them in the future that would be great
0: yeah for sure
1: So who's your, um, I don't know if you have like a dream match or not, but who's, you know, some of the the biggest names that you're looking to compete against in the indies?
0: In the indies? Let's see. That one I really have to think about. Um, I do get asked a lot like, oh, indies, have you watched indies? And I'm going to be completely honest. I just understood and started watching independent wrestling maybe back in August. Reason being is because, not because I'm not a fan, but when you, and like, I've only watched, I even told Dustin in this, I've only watched AEW since like maybe last summer, because when you're in the WWE bubble, you kind of forget that there's life outside of there. There's wrestling out that exists outside of there. And for so long, I was kind of in that bubble, which there's totally nothing wrong with that. I kind of just wanted to expand my horizons on the sport and, um, you know, I, I have no hate towards any promotion, but sometimes I do think like stuff gets a little stale. So when I need like my, to be revived, I'll just go look at Indies stuff and things like that. Um, so I have seen a couple Indie promotions. I've watched a little bit of Chikara. I've seen the mission pro a couple of times. Um, also beyond wrestling, I believe in the Northeast, I've also seen, uh, so Oh, I'm trying to think of what names I can remember that I'd love to have a match with. If I have to think of just Mission Pro, Thunder really isn't in Indies, but I love the way she works. Um, wow. That one, I definitely have to come back with you because I'm so new to the Indies. I couldn't, I really couldn't tell you.
1: Yeah, I have to do fun. some more
0: studying for sure. And I will.
1: Okay, yeah, definitely. I mean, if I'm to Rosa counts. I mean, she wrestles in the Indies, so even though she is with AEW as well, like, she still is a part of the Indies and she runs the promotion, so I would still consider her Indies, even though she's, you know, I, I consider her, like, the GOAT right now, like, you know, she's doing so much and breaking so much ground and, and creating opportunities for women's wrestling, so I think that's great what she's doing.
0: Yeah, she is definitely making it okay to be on the indies and not kind of get that big chance yet, but just be comfortable on in the indies. She's definitely making it okay for women to be okay where they're at. Because you do place a lot of pressure on yourself to be an AEW to go to NXT or WWE.
1: Yeah, exactly. And um, that, that is a lot of pressure because, you know, it's a whole different ballgame once when, you, you know, get you get that contract with one company, you become limited on what you can do because that, that's the great thing about the Indies. You could be whoever you want to be. It isn't, you know, being who whatever company wants you to be. It's all about you and what you want to be at the end of the day.
0: Okay, can you see me?
1: Yeah, I can see you.
0: Okay, I'm actually in my car. I think it was very fitting since I spend so much time in my car, but I am a little hot. All right,
1: are no, you good? You good? Um, I can just edit okay. this part out.
0: Okay, sounds good.
1: So you had mentioned um about like the whole WWE bubble and stuff like that and that's something I can relate to as well. Like I watch everything. I watch WWE, AEW, impact, um, primarily WWE and that thing is it's hard getting out of that bubble because when you grew up watching that promotion and the wrestlers and you know, you had that nostalgia, like it it's like it's hard, like, the idea of just, you know, watching another promotion more than WWE is hard, because I'm so invested. It feels
0: wrong, (laughs) it
1: feels wrong, you know, like, I, you know, I still have love for, like, Triple H, and, you know, and I love all the current, you know, wrestlers, you know, Sasha, Bianca, like, it would be hard for me just, like, to get out of that, but then it's, like, I love AEW, because I, you know, I love, um, I, I, they have, you know, like, Chris Jericho, they got, um, Matt Hardy. They got um. You know, I really yeah. like that Jade Girl, and I like um Red Velvet. So I'm yeah, excited. Jade is so, a beast. Yeah, she is a beast, and um apparently she tried it for WWE in the past. And they didn't sign her. So like, what were you thinking? But I I heard she was pretty green in the business at the time. So I guess I can understand.
0: Yeah, with the right um, coach and the right party, oh, she'll go places for sure.
1: Oh, yeah, she's the total package, and it's it's like every one day to see her on TV and instantly become, like, drawn to her, so yeah. she's going to be a star. As long as she puts the time and effort into the business, she's going to be a big star one day.
0: For sure, and honestly, that's half the battle. If you can get people to watch based off of just the look or your character or how you look, that's truly half the battle, so, I mean, she's halfway to greatness, <laughs> to yeah, be I honest mean, with you.
1: Exactly. You can't teach that part, so that's great that yeah. she already has that. So now my next question, and we were just talking about, like, women's wrestling. And so you said that you grew up watching, you know, um, as a child. Obviously, wrestling, women's wrestling has changed a lot since then. It's gone through some
0: phases, yeah, for sure.
1: So how do you feel about, like, just, like, where women's wrestling is now, where it could be in the future?
0: I feel I grew up kind of on the brink of – like the Trish Shaddis and Lita. Um, And then a large majority of my childhood was kind of like the whole diva thing they had going on, a lot of the like contests and just stuff for viewers, I guess you could say. Um, And then, you know, the Four Horsewomen of NXT rolls around and it really changes the face of women's wrestling. I believe that was all Hunters doing down there in NXT, if I'm correct. Um, And... Before they kind of used to call women's wrestling matches like the bathroom break, if you remember that whole stigma going around. And now, you know, they're main eventing. We have Bianca Belair with the Royal Rumble, like we're neck and neck right there with men. And it honestly sucks that there has to be a stigma just because we're women. Um, so truly, I think it can only go on the up and up from here. They're already doing really great things. Like to have a women's Royal Rumble a couple years ago was crazy to me. Um, I think it was a big step in the right direction. And yeah, I can't wait to see really where it goes next. But it can only go up from here, to be quite honest with you.
1: Exactly. Like we've seen women wrestling, you know, do stuff that I didn't think they'd ever do. And it's not because I didn't think they deserved this. It. Because I didn't think WWE thought, you know, believed in them enough. You know, we. Uh, we know. Yeah. we had the bra and panty era, and then we had, you know, when they actually started pushing them. Yeah. Trish and Lita did so much for women's wrestling, and then when they retired, it kind of went down again. WWE went to the Divas era, yeah. and then it grew again with NXT. Um, I, I feel like that AJ, Lee, and Paige don't get enough credit for what they did. I feel like they kind of low-key started it, and then the Four Horses. And era, era, they really pushed it, you know. Um, but, yeah, now we're getting to the point where, like you said, Royal Rumble um, matches um, – main event in Wrestlemania, Elimination Chamber, we're seeing all these promotions in the indies that are all women, like, you know, I I can't say how, you know, much women's wrestling was pushed in the indies in the past, because I wasn't familiar with it in the past,
0: Uh I've heard
1: that there was always a place for women, but it just seems like it's growing even more now, because like I said, you know, you got Mission Pro, that's all women's now, Um, Yeah. yeah, there's plenty of other women promotions out there, and there's just so many more opportunities, and it just, yeah. you're seeing more women out there training to be women wrestlers as well, so it's, the opportunities are growing, and it, like you said, it's only going to go up from here. I don't see WWE going back, or in, in general, like any promotion, AEW, Impact, like, I don't see them going backwards, kind of like what we did with Trish and Lita to the Divas, like, I don't see anything like that ever happening yeah. again.
0: And it really sucks, because I feel like a lot of wasted potential happened during that era, uh, with Women, I'm sure like maybe their intention you know was to be on TV Everybody wants to be on TV if I'm going to be quite honest with you ever to make a living out of this business but I just kind of think about like how many of those women really could have like blow blow the roof off of it if they were really given that option um, I kind of felt like the higher-ups just thought nobody wanted to see true women's wrestling and obviously that's a lie because here we are with women doing great things
1: exactly like um, I, I feel like if we, if WWE or you know wrestling in general pushed the women like they should have, Gail Kim, like she was ahead of her time, you know, in the divas era. Okay. I, I heard something about like one of like L- Molina's matches. Supposedly she got kind of dragged by people backstage for outdoing the men, like stuff like that. It, it's just kind of sad that you know that was like a thing. And they she's incredible. In-
0: I wish. Oh.
1: Yeah, she's great. Um, I missed she's that incredible. era. I have nothing I've nothing but stuff in
0: the ring.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping that she uh, makes yeah. a Royal Rumble appearance one day. Um, I know it. Everyone keeps speculating every year, and I feel like next year just feels like the year because you know we had Victoria this year. Now I think Molina needs to come back next year.
0: For sure. For sure.
1: So now my next question that I have for you, um, non-wrestling related. So tell everyone who's listening something about yourself that doesn't relate to wrestling that you're proud of or, you know, hobby interests or something like that.
0: Yeah, so I'm very proud of, I just finished um, getting my bachelor's degree in December. So it was kind of the perfect time to start my, like, dip my foot in the water and get into wrestling because I, you know, had the opportunity. So I got my degree in athletic training and kinesiology, and during that time, I did do a couple internships, and I was able to work for the football team in my undergrad, and that is probably my greatest accomplishment, because for so long, I have kind of dealt with, and I use this word a lot in this interview, but stigmas of being super girly. I'm only 5'1", and like 130 pounds, so I'm like very petite and little, very girly, Um, So it was very hard for me to be taken seriously as an athletic trainer for Division I football athletes for a very long time. And I kind of just like kept grinding it out. I would just put my head down and do the right thing, Um, just do the best I could every day, like up my knowledge in the sports medicine field. And eventually I got to be a student trainer for them. And that, uh, it seems lame, like a nerdy, like, oh, outside of wrestling, like nerdy. But I worked years for that. And I finally like to get, to finally get something that you've worked so hard for day in and day out. And I honestly used to cry because I'm just like, these guys don't take me seriously. I'm just like eye candy. And that's like not in a cocky way, but you know, like how boys are. Um, I just used to cry. Like, when am I going to be taken seriously? When are they going to feel like I am capable of being an athletic trainer for? division one football so eventually I got the spot worked a football season COVID happened so I didn't work the second football season I just ended up graduating but that is like my greatest accomplishment I kind of put off getting my master's in grad school to train for wrestling so at the moment I just am working on my license and I contract out and do certain stuff here and there but yeah not only do I get to be an athlete I get to treat athletes and treat myself too so that's kind of like nerdy but
1: I think that is really cool. Like, you know, you, like you said, you get to treat yourself and that's something that you can really benefit, you know, because now you know how to, I'm assuming kind of like know how to condition yourself better for the sport because you know all the medical stuff and all that. So I think that's pretty neat. And, um, you know, the whole like not being taken seriously thing, like I could definitely relate to that. Um, I've had my times in my life where I feel like I wasn't, you know, being taken seriously. And it sucks. Like when you know you're capable of doing something, but people just don't see it. It's, it's not a good feeling at all. And it's great seeing it's it that not. you you overcame it. You got your bachelor's. You've actually like, you know, you done it with the football team. So I think that's great, like that you actually like overcame everything and, you know, you're doing it.
0: Yeah. So that's the one thing. I don't know if anybody wants some fun stuff. I like to spend money at Target, Marshalls. I love Starbucks. Just the usual girl stuff. I'm, I'm really, I'm not that exciting.
1: <laughs> so I have to ask that I love Starbucks as well. What is your number one preferred drink from
0: there? Wow. Okay. So if we're, I'm glad you asked this. So if we're talking about holiday season, peppermint mocha with an extra shot in soy milk, love peppermint mocha so much. Don't look at the carbs, the sugars and the calories, though, because that'll take the fun out of it. But I love peppermint mochas. Uh, an every day drink I normally get is probably a grande or venti Americano with blonde espresso soy milk, extra shot, maybe if I need it. Um, iced caramel macchiatos are like a good go to. Uh, soy vanilla lattes are like, oh, geez. used to have that all the time in high school. Yeah, it just depends, honestly.
1: Yeah, see, like, during, like, the the Christmas season, I do like getting the peppermint mocha as well. Um, Other than that, I like the, I usually get either the green tea latte or the chai tea latte. Um,
0: Yes, those are so good. The green tea matcha latte with soy milk. I get everything soy milk, but green tea matcha latte is so good.
1: Yeah, I just do regular milk. I, I know a lot of people get really, like, Um, particular with what they get. They get really detailed, like, oh, I want so-and-so with three pumps of this and that, I'm like, I I, I never get that complicated.
0: Three pumps, classic syrup, extra shot. Yeah, they get crazy, but I'm a simple girl for the most part.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty simple myself. I remember one time I went to Starbucks. This lady's like, I asked for three pumps of cream. You only gave me two. I was like, How can you taste that? I guess if you get the drink <laughs> so many times, you can kind of taste if it, it's lacking the amount of cream. But I thought that was really funny. I was like, Yeah, you, yeah. you know, you something else. But yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. For sure. Final question I have for you. So, yeah. when it's all said and done in your wrestling career, what are the three main things that you want to accomplish?
0: One, I would love to make it to a big company like NXT, WWE, or AEW. I think it's very important to be on the big stage and kind of have little girls look up to me, maybe some that look like me, that come where I come from, the background I come from, and just like, I really just want to be a role model for them and do the best I can. Um, Second thing I would like to accomplish is, I would love to be in a first blood match. I don't know why that's, like, in my head. But I would definitely love to be in some kind of, like, crazy stipulation. Definitely not the exploding barbed wire death match, if you saw that on AEW this past week. I don't think I'm ready for that. I don't know if I'll ever be ready for that. But I would love, like, some kind of, like, street fight, first blood, steel cage maybe. I can live out my Jeff Hardy dreams and Swanton off the top. Um, So that would be a good second goal for me. And third, I don't know, I think it's so important to just like truly give back. Um, So maybe I definitely wouldn't have my own school, but I would just love to kind of train and really just be a positive influence on other women, even men, just people looking to break into the business in general. Because for me, I started so green with knowing nothing. So every day is not only a physical battle, but it's a mental battle to not be so hard on myself to really like talk positivity into that practice and into that day. Um, Yeah, so those are the three things. I'd love to make it to the big stage. I'd love some crazy stipulation. I would love to wrestle Serena Deeb one day. I think she's so incredible. So with her, she would make me look like a rock star and she is a rock star. And the third one is I would just love to coach and just mentor other women breaking in.
1: Yeah, I really like those goals. You know, you pretty much hit the nail on everything, you know, make it to the big leagues. Um, yeah. The stipulation, which is actually pretty cool. You know, a lot of people, you know, are a little turned off from doing the crazy stuff. And I did miss that match with John Moxley. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get to it. I heard it was pretty intense. Um, and then, of course, you know, giving back, like you said, it's always good to, you know, eventually, if you want to stay in the business, to transition into, like, a coach or something like that, like, you know, Dustin Rhodes, as an example, like, because you yeah, can't yeah. wrestle forever, obviously, like, your body just won't allow it regardless of how much you want to. Um, so it's good if you want to stay in the business, you know, giving back, training other people, you know, helping guide other people to success. I think that's a great thing to to want to do. yeah. Um, yeah. So, Michelle, um, that wraps up all the questions that I have for you. I just want to thank you so much for joining us yeah, today. Yeah, no so
0: problem. So it was awesome being on your show. I hope I can make a return soon. Hopefully yeah. you get to see one of my matches someday. That would be the end goal.
1: Oh, yeah. I definitely, if I if you're ever on TV or if you're ever working for an independent promotion that does streaming, I would definitely watch it. I, I definitely try to keep up with everyone that I've had on the show, and I've had I'm, I'm closing in on, like, 70 different women I've had on the show. I, I do my best to keep up with everyone. Um, yeah, that's uh, awesome. And the door is always open for follow-up interviews. Um, That's something that I, I mentioned to the last girl that I had on the show. That's something I'm going to start doing. Because when you have so many people on your show, eventually you kind of need to start going back and reaching out to the ones you've had before. So that's always um, really exciting, especially after yeah. you have, your, like, your first match. I would definitely love to talk about that as well.
0: Yeah, that would be um, awesome.
1: Yeah, definitely, and uh, thank you, everyone listening today. Um, make sure uh, you give us a sub on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And Michelle, do you want to let everyone know where to find you on social media?
0: Yeah, so all my social media handles are gonna be Michelle TX. You're gonna put three I's in Michelle because I thought it was cool at the time. So M I I C H E L L E. I think I said two eyes, but three eyes. three eyes. M I I I C H E L E and then T-X will be all my handles. All
1: right. Make sure you all follow her on social media. I'll put all the links for everything below in the bio, um, so just make sure you give her a follow, and uh, thank you all for tuning in, and thank you again, Michelle, for joining us on Nova face No today.
0: problem. My pleasure.
1: Bye, everyone.
0: Bye. <laughs>
1: Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us today on O Face Wrestling. This is your host, JT, and today I am joined by Michelle. So thanks for joining us today, Michelle.
0: Hey, I'm so excited to be here with you guys. Let's get started.
1: All right, let's do this. So um, for anyone who doesn't know, um, right now, Michelle is currently training at the Rhodes Academy. Um, uh, I'm really excited to have you on the show cause I've never had anyone who's trained there yet. So I'm really excited to learn about like, you know, their training school and this, you know, the kind of stuff they put you all through, cause it seems like every training school is different on how they do things. So before we get to that, um, I just want to ask, you know, the, you know, the very generic question that, you know, probably get asked a million times. Um, what inspired you to become a professional wrestler?
0: Um, growing up, I was always influenced, of course, in my, I would say about seven or eight, I started watching wrestling. Um, My uncle was the one to bring me home from school. It was something he watched. He would tape Raw, SmackDown, ECW, and TNA. And so he was my only guardian at the time. So I just kind of fell into like watching it and whatever. And I slowly put down like my toys and my Nintendo DS. And I just really got caught into storylines at that time. Um, I would say about seven or eight was kind of like the John Cena era, You had uh, Mickey James running the women's division with her feud with Beth Phoenix. So I saw all these people that kind of mixed entertainment and sports together and growing up playing sports. um, You only really focus on that one aspect of sport and competitiveness. In the wrestling world, it's 10 times more than that. It's not only the sport and the athleticism, it's the entertainment, it's the storytelling, it's the safety of working in the ring so I think I went way off the (laughs) question I kind of got a little into it but yeah I kind of just was engulfed by their just presence truly um I think I watched when I was younger I really was into Lita and how she just looked nothing like the other women in that division that was so cool to me um I was when like Candice Michelle kind of went from like a model to kind of training in the ring. And I thought that was super cool. I thought she was just like a girly girl like me who could also like rough it up in the ring. And I just was so inspired by all of them and their work. And so that's kind of how it started. And yeah, it's basically it. I
1: have a, like a little fun question. So growing up, what storyline to this day still sticks out to you the most that you know, you, you, you remember when you were younger?
0: Okay, does it have to be, does it have to be something I saw right then and there, or could it be from earlier years?
1: It could be earlier years. Whatever just, you know, is the most memorable to you.
0: Wow, there's so many. Okay, so I vividly remember the whole, like, Hunter and Steph and Chris Jericho angle, where she hated Hunter's guts, and, like, Steph was such a presence, like, on the mic, too, and in the ring, like, obviously, she's the boss's daughter, but she was just so, like, cool to me, like, I don't know, most people would have hated her, but she was not to be messed with, so I vividly remember that angle, specifically because I think they were doing, like, uh, Hunter had a dog named Lucy or something, and, like, basically Chris Jericho killed the dog and Hunter lost his mind like I vividly remember that angle I probably should not have been witnessing that but that was a really cool one um oh, there's just so many moments honestly I get so excited there was Jeff Hardy like swan off the podium not the podium like the what do, how do I say
1: Remember that like rail thing that they climb yes, up. Yeah, yes, and that, of no.
0: course, as a kid, you think he's really swan off onto somebody. I thought that was so cool. Um, wow, there's just so many. The Shawn Michaels angle with Jonathan, I am obsessed with Shawn Michaels. Truly, it's a San Antonio thing. Um, I just, whether you love him or hate him in the 90s, the 2000s, like he can really work in the ring. And There was an angle with him and the whole DX came back in the mid 2000s and Jonathan Coachman and like, uh, I was just kind of really into like the cocky uh, angles and like the very cocky like wrestler personas back then so I know that was more than one but I just couldn't narrow it down. Wait, one more. There was the whole beer truck when Steve Austin came back. Because like as a kid, I kind of didn't really know who Steve Austin was. It was like a little before my time. So he brought the beer truck with Maria and Santino, stole Maria from Santino, the beer truck was on Raw. I thought that was so awesome. So there's a lot of different moments.
1: Yeah, it's hard to really narrow, narrow it down to one. Um, I grew up watching wrestling in, like, the late 90s, so I, you know, witnessed the attitude there, and I always remember um, the Ministry of Darkness and the union kind of feud that was going on. I don't know if, you were, if that was, like, before your time, but basically. It under-
0: was. It was. I'm slowly having to go back and study wrestlers from back then. Like, one match I've really been studying and, like, with my classmates – a couple of them that I room with that we've watched was the British Bulldog and Bret Hart match. Uh, So I'm really having to go back and understand like wrestling dynasties, the family trees and things kind of way before my time.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of like, you know, a lot to study from um, the I'd never seen the Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. That was a little before I got into it. Um, but definitely check out the Ministry of Darkness. It was basically, I like, Undertaker, him. very demonic. He was hanging people from crosses. Oh, and, and like then he crucified Steph. Yeah, the- yeah, that was, yeah. like, the darkest you will ever see the Undertaker. And I just remember loving it. And when I was younger, I thought that him and Kane were really brothers, and I thought Undertaker was really this evil guy. You know, yes. so, like that's her, that was the fun of, you know, being a wrestling fan when you were younger, you believed that everything you saw was 100%. It's so real.
0: And even though I feel like I kind of grew up more in like the entertainment aspect versus not to take away from any of the athletes or the performers, but I kind of grew up more in the when the segments had to be very entertaining to reel in your audience. I just think it's so cool that whether it was those segments or in the early or mid 90s or whatever, the real wrestling either or really pulls you in. And I think that's the beauty of wrestling.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, we are in more of an era now where it's more so about the wrestling versus, you know, the kind of character stuff and all that Um I, I do feel like, you know, you know, the characters and the promos and all are still very important, which is, you know, I think that's still what the fans really want the most. Like, um, if you look at, like, the Boneyard match versus Undertaker and AJ Styles, people will remember it and praise it for the entertainment value versus the actual wrestling. So I think that's still it, – it, it's, it's becoming a lost art in wrestling, and hopefully we start getting it back. I mean, I love the great matches and stuff like that as well, you know, but it's just – there's nothing that gets you more invested, just a good story at the end of the day.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I feel like we don't need to be so tied down to one idea of this is wrestling, because there's so many other things we can do, and the point of it at the end of the day is to put on a show.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because, you know, that's what gets the fans, you know, you know, into what they're watching, the product and stuff like that, and when it comes to, like, the actual wrestling there's so many great wrestlers out there there's no shortage it's you know it's just you know like I said the characters and all that it's becoming a lost art you don't see like Bray Wyatt's like guys like him you don't really see characters and masks anymore and stuff like that yeah. so it, it's something that hopefully um starts getting brought back you know that just in time just errors and things change but um I that's the you know a lot of people still to this day they don't even really watch new wrestling they still watch the old stuff on the network and stuff like that yeah. so So now for my next question. Now, this is the part that I'm really excited about. So you're training at the Rhodes Academy. So tell me a little bit about their school and everything you've learned so far.
0: Yeah, so Dustin and his wife, Terrell, run an amazing Um, program over there. The facility is amazing. Um, Constantly making sure we're safe with COVID standards and getting tested and sanitized and all that good stuff. Um, They don't skip a beat when it comes to our safety and our health. And I I truly appreciate that. Like one wrong move you take in practice and they immediately are like, okay, take a seat. Um, And I really appreciate just how much they put us first. And yeah, it's been such a... For me, this is the first time I've touched a ring. Um, I kind of just woke up one day and went for it. So to not have any prior experience and to immediately be thrusted into a program of someone like Dustin Rose, it has truly been an honor. I'm so grateful, but it has also been probably the hardest thing I've ever had to do. Uh, And growing up playing sports, I thought that would prepare me and it has in the mental aspect, but yeah, nothing can truly prepare you for training for wrestling.
1: Yeah, because wrestling is more than just being an athlete, like it helps, but you know, being a great baseball player or basketball player or whatever, it, it doesn't, you know it, it's completely different from actually like getting slammed on you know the mat oh, and yeah. even like totally the ropes, does not
0: translate. You know,
1: or, yeah all that stuff and it's also like you had mentioned when we were um at the beginning you know it's also about you know protecting the, you know your opponent and your opponent protecting you with the safety stuff like that there's a lot that goes into wrestling other yeah. than being athletic, athletic and,
0: you know like, and being that we're also the first class. So it's like, not only is Dustin teaching us, we're teaching, you know, Dustin as well. Like how fast are we moving along? Do we need to take steps back and create like more of a wrestling foundation before we learn some more moves? So it's been a really fun experience. I'm so sad that we're halfway through. Like, I really don't want to work with anybody else, train under anybody else, but it's just a part of life, you know? Um, But he is so great.
1: Yeah, like, um, I I know, like, you mentioned, like, you know, you don't really want to train with anyone else. I've had a, you know, a decent amount of wrestlers on the show. They train, you know, multiple amount of places, um... You know one girl she's trained you know she's in texas and she's trained with jazz ember moon um, booker yeah. t um it, it it is good learning you know from other people as well because you kind of bring in a little bit of everything because you know everyone has a little bit of something to offer like you know she had mentioned like ember moons you know the high flyer so they you know learn about more of the athletic style of wrestling and then you know you learn more of the technical from this wrestler um Jazz, you had mentioned you learn like how to control your power and stuff like that. So it's like, it is really good to learn and all that. Um, but that being said, how long have you been training right now with an, uh, the Rhodes Academy?
0: Yeah,